They're taking Cherubin pot strewn strategically along the daily. Chatter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves. And in the front bar of a top-end pub... So I'm out the front and I'm mowing the lawns in my undies, of course. Hey, oh Jesus, is that the time? Smith! Oh, showtime. Yeah, let's go. Quick, quick, drink up. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day fishos and welcome to Tales from the Tinny with Tim and Packy Andy back on deck. How are you Andy? I'm great Tim, yourself? Good mate, a few isolated showers still around which is nice keeping the floodplains topped up but hasn't there been a few delicious windows in amongst it over the past week or so? Uh, it's textbook fishing, you know windows of opportunity, a little bit of a top up, window of opportunity, more top up on the way. We're going to look through that and sort of analyse where the rivers are and where these windows are as those rivers just recede a little bit before their next top up and the evidence is all there Fisho's big barra land base to 94 centimetres from culvert fishing. Shady Camp is starting to come alive. Shane Compain, Crystal Neal, Alex Julius, all with their assessment of Shady Camp and across the big rivers. As is the Finnis. Some solid meteries out the front. Where we learn this week why you don't need all that fancy, expensive fishing garb to land a $1.20 barra. Once she jumped out of the water, you know, she's a big fish, so a few of the boys trolling alongside of me and they were actually out there on a bucks party and um, one of the blokes actually jumped on board in his jocks. See, you might have a $120 fishing shirt, a face buff, a couple of hundred bucks worth of sunnies, but does it help you land a metre barra? Much like mowing the lawn in one's undies, perhaps landing big fish through the wet season in your undies allows you to be more agile, more nimble. It's about the service that he's offering. You know, Precisely. Old, in terms of angling, you know, the old barra budgie smuggler, it just adds to the excitement. <laughs> Great picks too. I, I'm assuming. I've never done it. I'm assuming, Tim. Which territory guide has suffered the ultimate humiliation, bringing the entire top end into disrepute fishos by running out of fuel? Rookie, rookie, rookie error. And we'll pick up where we left off last week. Tear-jerking acts of love and romance. Our newfound passion here on the tinny. Tugging at the heartstrings. Yeah, what happened to you? I go away for a week yeah. and it turns, we into, all... it turns into tales from the love boat. We got all, <laughs> we got all soppy. You did. Uh, this week, the best Valentine's Day present ever. As it jumped, puts the bail over, sets a hook. Not sure whether they're one of the smartest fish in the water or not, but they just seem to take the bait. Yeah, they got the adrenaline going there, and I was just like, oh my God, did I, am I seeing things or what? Tales from the Tinny. A beautiful wet season so far, almost, well, I think they were record rains uh, through January, and then a little lovely follow up monsoon in the last week or so, which is 
hopefully holding up those rivers and those floodplains just enough to lead to a uh, cracker runoff this year. It's what all of us are thinking about and talking about, including uh, Alex Julius from Alex Julius Fishing Media. How are you, Alex? Yeah, good, Tim. Andy, it's funny you should mention records because um, I actually wrote a little uh, a couple of weeks ago that uh, uh, you know this monsoon, the, the big one, uh, created a record for the number of records it created. Yeah, did it really? <laughs> <laughs> Do we know of any rivers that aren't up? No, no, that's the beauty of it. It's so widespread, and seeing those uh, all those little barren ha- at um, that Howard Springs culvert, and uh, it just shows you how far reaching the, uh, the, the the fingerlings that have been able to get to, and and probably bigger fish as well. You know, there's not a river across the whole of the top end from the Macarthur all the way to the WA border that hasn't been smashed with a deluge of, uh, of, of rain. And, and, you know, wasn't it, wasn't it great that as soon as there was a break, you know, people belted down to the furnace and got into them? Can you talk us through, for, you know, people just getting into barra fishing, why it's so important for these floodplains to stay full? The, the most important thing, actually, is to get early good rain. Because that's when the spawning takes place for Barramundi, you know, September, October, November. And then when the main wet hits, um, they can start uh, spreading out. So we've had that this year, year albeit it was, it was later than normal, you know, the big wet in January, later than normal. Um, but there had been good build-up weather. And we're seeing the evidence of all these little fish, um, uh, you know, getting out into, uh, into, the, into the, you know, all those flooded waterways. And, and of course, the, the, the more mature barra, in any size you want to talk about, you know, if you're legal, 55, up to whatever meteries, they'll also be up in those flood, flood plains and, and feeding up big time. It's also about the food chain because you haven't just got, you know, the barra that are having a fat time up there uh, on, with all this water. You've got all the, the little fish too. Everything breeds. Everything breeds up. There's tucker there and it, and it works its way up the food chain. And you know what? There's a damn lot of of crocodiles up in those floodplains as well, probably munching on barra. Mm, everyone's having a good time. Well, you so, know, I was, I was at Shady Camp on Tuesday, and um, the barra out there, because you know, usually that bite happens on the first of the incoming, and then for the next hour or two. So the bar- and suddenly on the on the depth sounder, there were fish everywhere. Not, uh, not only barra, probably catfish, other things too, salmon for sure. And people started catching a few. We hooked into one and lost it, but then hooked up with that Queensland grober, which. You know, we was, that was it for us. We missed the bite fighting that thing. Um, but it made me think everything's following the same, you know, the food chain, the, the same process. So, so they're getting out there on the edge of all that shallow stuff. When the tide comes in over the top of it, they're waiting in ambush, the barra, the catfish, the threadfin salmon. And old Mr. Grope is there too, probably munching on the barra and the catfish and the threadfin salmon. How confident can we be, Alex, in a cracker runoff based on the timing and the amount of rain so far, would you say? Oh, it's a given. We don't need any more rain. It's it's absolute given. The <laughs> amount of fish, look at the South Alligator, Andy Ralph, you should talk to him one day if you haven't already. Yeah. Uh, he, he's been fishing those Nalangi Creek bridges and seeing unbelievable numbers of barra going through. I think the Kakadu Clash this year, I think 22nd of March, is going to be a, an absolute... Rip snorter, and there'll be a lot of beautiful barra caught before that. Um, I think Shady Camp's going to really go off. Um, I, I think uh, we've got it. You know, uh, no doubt we'll get more, and it won't hurt. I mean, look at the daily. The, the 
Daly was flooded, but it's still way up. You know, all those fish that have gone up and fed up on the floodplains, those that were in the billabongs that have now matured as males and want to get out can. Um, I just think we're going to see great fishing all across the top end and certainly the, the rivers that are accessible to Darwinites. And that's great too because, you know, some runoffs, one place goes off and there's 150 boats. <laughs> yeah, this might um, spread the pressure. They're the kind of runoffs we, we really like. And I can tell you, Alex, when you said it's a given, Andy and I are in here grinning from ear to ear, and I bet you are too, fishos. We'll also catch up with Crystal Neal, who you mentioned, who caught that groper a little later on, and Shane Compain, who uh, who did a ride on the barra at Shady. So it's all looking all um, good, terrific. Eh? Good on you, mate. Cheers, fellas. Bye-bye. Plenty of hoys throughout the week from across the top end, including a little bit of feedback on these new automated self-washing dunnies that serenade you. Oh, the diner dunny. Yeah, you, you, you would have heard our discussion about I heard about the diner dunny. They opened amidst much ceremonial fanfare at Diner Beach last week, Fishos. Now, this is the music that they actually play. Like, a bit like a horror movie. Quite confronting. We thought quite inappropriate other than that lovely other than that lovely polite lady at the end this is the music we thought they should be playing sorry to do it again it was stuck in my head yeah now it's back in my head too that ruined my holiday that tune a little bit more relaxing uh, to pass the time in the diner beach uh, dunnies but Buddha, the Mexican potty mullet, wants them to play this instead. Thinks it's a lot more appropriate. Especially after a curry the night before. Akadaka. Fire your gun. See what he's done there? Who says fishos don't like, you know, gratuitous bum jokes and weekly toilet humour? Other than ABC management, who says that? Who says they don't? On to the fishing, though. Got it on good authority uh, just today, actually, Andy, that the Stenner Clyde's moving on in April. They're upping anchors and nicking off, so... Okay, so a few last-minute opportunities there. Yeah, yeah, if you want to take advantage of that. Okay, for those wondering where Warren, our mate Warren DeWith, has been travelling, he's doing fine down with Buff in Port Stephens, is Warren. They got a blue marlin, 2.6 metres, estimated weight of 160 kilograms, and the dolly weighed 15 kgs. Buff got a blue, I should say, and dolly just a bit smaller than mine. It's been letting him know all about it. I bet you have. All about it. And you can see those photos too on ABC Tales from the Tinny Facebook page. Warren back on the Tinny uh, in a few weeks. At a guest, g'day to you too, Buff. You'd, you'd know Buff if you're from Catherine or been listening to Tinny for any length of time. Aaron Crawford, uh, this is a this is a cracker. This is a big culvert 
Barra. Big, all right. 94 centimetres. He's given us a hoy. He says that he fished the culverts every morning and night last week, and finally it paid off. Friday night with a 94-centimetre PB on the old squidgy in the middle of a storm. It doesn't get much better than that. That is a cracking culvert, Barra. That's a ripper. I don't know if you've seen the pic either of Cuda on Facebook, ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook. This is a gorgeous photo, taking it at night with a big Barra who's swishing its tail round, you know, sort of as the camera's taken and Cuda's got his eyes closed, <laughs> just, just wondering what's going to happen next. Went, up a trip, uh, went on a trip up the Adelaide. Bunked down at Kai's at, at Goat Island, managed to land a couple, including this 108 on a soft plastic mullet rigged weedless. Beautiful fish. G'day to Curly too, Curly Furman, who's the dad of Tom and Sam Furman. Had a few days on the Vic uh, over the last week, getting a few barra each day, mostly in the morning. He, like Harry Renfrey was saying a little while back, reckoned the Vic is really low. But Justin Beebe was with him and caught all the fish on this particular trip, including this one. <laughs> right next to the boat, 80 centimetre barra has launched straight up into the boat, hit the gunnel, plopped directly into the bleed tub, the kill tub. Like the fish has just jumped out of the water. Into the kill tank. Into the tank. And an 80 centimetre. You can see that video at, uh, of it happening. ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook. G'day to Kurt Williamson on Facebook. You might have seen this on the news this week, listeners. What no boat owner wants to see out on the water. Everyone abandoned that ship, that boat, it plucked from the water and uh, all they could do was watch as it burned uh, in the harbour. Oh, I was just coming around the corner from uh, around the East Point there and uh, there was a boat in front of me and noticed there was a bit of smoke coming out from it and... Uh, yeah, got a bit closer and realised the guys were in distress and, um, yeah, the boat was on fire, basically. Yelled at them to jump off the front and they jumped into the water and swam over to my boat and got them away from it. Yeah, the heat was incredible, so the guys up the front must have been, yeah, getting a bit burnt, but pretty heartbreaking to see. I've been on boats most of my life and uh, a nice game boat like that up in smoke, so, yeah, breaks your heart. Well, we heard Alex Julius talk earlier about the food chain. Uh, check this out for the food chain in a wet season. That out with a stick. Looked like goat entrails. What could be a goat or pig? All the stuff inside the intestines was like the room what? of the goat. So Whoa! We Chicken! Might have snavelled um, curly. Righto, mate. Gone. What? They, what? Reckon, they reckon that a, a croc has come and taken curly pretty much close to the house. The goat? Yeah, their pet goat. Curly the goat. They're, they're flooded within 80 metres of the back veranda, so all these billabongs have swollen. And what actually happened after that? is the, uh, the croc was caught. It was a 3.67-metre croc that actually failed um, to get caught in the trap the first time. It took the pig from the trap the first time and ran away and had a pig fest and then got caught in the trap the second time. After getting Curly. After the, the... already having Curly. So that's... Um, so do we, was that... Curly out in a flooded paddock? Or was Curly up at the house? Do we no, know? my understanding is Curly's sort of routine was to just wander around the veranda, and it, Curly was a very friendly goat. Not anymore. Not Curly is just a pile of entrails. Sorry to say. Curly's part of um, a very big feed for this croc. Whew. Close to home. Mm. And ahoy to Damo from Leanne. Damo, Damo from Leanne. Great day fishing in the harbour again. Took young twelve-year-old Charlie Kemp out, who showed us up again. With a 114 Cobia, 20 plus kilo. Great moment to share with the young fella. Couldn't believe it. And good on you, Charlie Kemp. It's not the first time, by the way, that young Charlie has been the hero on these trips, too. 
Last trip, uh, they nailed a few jewies, then a big hammerhead rocked up. Just had the jewey in the water, bleeding him, and this big prick hammerhead's come along to have a bit of a sniff. What a spew, which is a good spot. Look at the size of it, Chuck, look over the edge. Pull your line in. He's just circling the boat, look. He's lucky we got him out. Good spot in Chaz. <laughs> and Chaz comes to the rescue again. Just as Damo got that Dewey up to the boat, he dropped the rod, stuck his hand in its gills, and Charlie drives the handle of the gas in, gaff into the shark's face to defend Dad and Dad's Dewey. He's a good young Spartan. Great work. <laughs> 12 years old too. A couple of footy seasons. He'll be a pro angler. Give us a loy. Fish O's via ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook or email us at fishing at ABC. .net.au Shoot it, share it, shout it! Give us a voice. From across the vast expanses of the wild and untamed top end, intrepid tinny correspondents risk rampage and ridicule from crewmates to bring you the truth. Incoming, incoming, incoming. G'day guys, uh, my name's Shane. I'm from the southwest coast of Victoria. Uh, I do a lot of fishing on the Glenelg River, so I fish for a lot of brim and estuary perch, that sort of thing. Recently I was contacted by Steve Starling and he said he was coming over my way with a mate who happens to be a well-respected charter operator from the Northern Territory. So the boys wanted to come over and chase estuary perch, or what we like to refer to down here as Southern Barramundi, on surface lures. And they're sort of our peak top water predator down here. Um, heavy snag fishing, light gear, that sort of thing, you know, the general Victorian thing. Anyhow, we met at the iconic Nelson Hotel for dinner and beers on the Friday night and uh, we developed a bit of a plan where the boys were going to follow me up in, in their boat and uh, we'd go high in the river system. I also developed some concerns about the, the 5am start combined with the copious amounts of fine Victorian brew that were being consumed, but I was informed by this particular charter operator that uh, as a Northern Territory fisher, he was piss fit. So I did have high hopes for the morning. Anyway, uh, that statement proved to be true and the, the boys were uh, bright and bushy-tailed and ready to go in the morning. We went up the river in the dark, about 15 kilometres or so above where we'd launched and uh, reached the area I expected to find the fish and the boys were straight into it. I was feeling pretty confident that fish shows of this calibre would have no problem staying on the fish. So I headed further up river and managed to find a couple of snags that were holding some fish and... Uh, as does happen when you're fishing, got a little bit carried away and spent quite a few hours up there and started wondering uh, how the boys were going. Basically, I got back down towards where the ramp was on the final bend and as I've come around the corner, I've noticed that the outboard's trimmed right up and I thought, oh, no, um, they've hit a snag that I've forgotten to tell them about or, you know. So I pulled alongside the boat and uh, Starlo was pretty quick and happy to inform me that uh, they'd run out of fuel and they'd been on the uh, electric bow mount for about the past two hours trying to make it back to the ramp. So I'd got to within about 200 metres of the ramp and, uh, of course, offered them a bit of a tow back from there, which they politely declined. So I'm kind of very reticent to uh, name this particular charter operator and uh, I know the kind of damage that this can do to a man's pride when it becomes public, but... uh, I feel that the uh, tinny public has the right to know, so I've decided to go ahead and name this skipper, and the skipper was Captain Glenn Watt. Captain Glenn Watt. Captain Glenn Watt. 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 
So remember guys, Tinny has eyes everywhere, even down here in Mexico. Get a mullet up ya. Wow. Waddy. <laughs> Bringing the entire NT charter fishing industry into disrepute. <laughs> the eyes of the tinny oh, yeah. are upon thee. <laughs> From everywhere. From above. As if running out of fuel isn't bad enough, you're also fishing for estuary perch, mate. Southern barra. <laughs> yeah, come on. There's something Andy would say. Pearl for pearl, the estuary perch is as good as a barra. <laughs> it is, actually. <laughs> oh, that man needs to be answerable. I reckon we should call Sarlo. Should we call... Uh, unequivocally, we should call yeah. Starlo. This is the age of accountability now, Tim. Yeah, Starlo's the friend of a tinny. We'll give, we'll give Starlo a call in a bit to verify these facts. G'day, I'm Aaron Neal. Crystal Neal. Guys, we're just down here at the Lizzie boat ramp doing the sandfly dance. But i got a question for you. Aaron, what did you get Crystal for Valentine's Day 2017? Mate, I think it was probably a box of chocolates and that was about it. And this year? Uh, a boat. <laughs> we're standing next to it right now. This is quite the upgrade from a box of chocolates, Crystal. Oh, mate, I was just ecstatic. Couldn't believe it. I'm so excited. So lucky. Best Valentine's Day present ever. You guys uh, had gone without a boat for some time, I believe. Yeah, mate, look, we sold a lot of our toys to um, bring our young fella into the lives and obviously there's a bit of an expense there and, and get ourselves sorted, but um, it was time to finally get back on board and have a bit of fun and get back out on the water. And so how did the actual uh, gifting of this go down, Crystal? Oh, woke up and as goes, oh, come outside and got, it, got your Valentine's Day present for you. And I'm like, oh, thinking like, you know, he's set up like a little thing of flowers and maybe cook me breakfast or something like that he covers my eyes and takes me out to the driveway I'm thinking oh my god has he got me a car or something (laughs) not even better bloody big 5.1 top ender sitting in the driveway it was amazing I was so excited and I still am so excited it hasn't quite sunk in yet what so you didn't get breakfast no I didn't get breakfast (laughs) one thing I let it down with (laughs) well Aaron I'd like to thank you on behalf of all male fishers out there whose valentine's presents now look Fairly piddling, really. Yeah, I'm probably going to be an unlike man for a while, I think, mate, with a gift like this. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess the big question here is, um, Aaron, who, who's this present really for? Uh, I'd like to say myself, but it's definitely for Crystal. She's more of a fisherman, mate. I'm just a boater. Yeah, well, he's already pulled the whole, um, oh, I got you a bloody boat for Valentine's card a few times today. Thanks, <laughs> bloke. Mid-proceedings, we've just had a mystery benefactor of insect repellent down here because we are all going nuts. Got to love doing interviews in the mangroves. <laughs> so, uh, three years without a boat, how tough did those times get? No, it was tough. <laughs> it was tough days. It was, you know, you look at the tides and, oh, you know, there's a real good set of tides coming up and you can't, um, you get to stuff around and ask someone to, you know, either borrow their boat or, you know, try to convince them to come out. And, yeah, it was just, I'm just so happy now that's not going to happen. We can just go out whenever we want to. You've timed it pretty well for the runoff. Yeah, that was sort of the intention, mate. Obviously, Valentine's Day was just a bit of a um, bit of a hiding thing to, to purchase at that time. So I got it at the right time of year just so I can fish for the, the rest of the year with the runoff. So launching today, but when's the first proper trip? Mate, I think we'll hit Shady Camp on the weekend, probably Sunday. Been hearing some good reports out of there. Yes, yeah, so, so I see a few fish getting caught there, so we'll head off and have a crack, give it a go. We actually went out yesterday as well, and um, our snaffer crew, and we did all right out there, and 
jagged my first um, Queensland groper. It's massive, huge, and um, there was a couple hour window there where it just every, every boat seemed like they had their net out on the side catching a decent barra, and I spent about coming close to an hour trying to find this Queensland groper, so not, not many too happy anglers in the boat there, but yeah, it was all right, and dropped a couple of good barra, and so yeah, Shady Camp's definitely yeah, picking up. Before we get any more eaten by sandflies, uh, I better let you launch the thing. Good luck in the new boat. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Yeah, I hope this storm doesn't hit you. Yeah, it's going to be a wet ass if it does. <laughs> what an average present. Hey, crap. What happened to the breakfast in bed? What was wrong with, with bacon, eggs and mushrooms, Aaron? Uh, Aaron, mate, you're setting the bar a bit too high for the rest of us. <laughs> Isn't he? Yeah, who needs flowers, eh? Give a territory girl what she really wants. How's uh, that squeal of delight in the background as oh, they, they burn rev off. up and burn off and the thunder in the background? And what, a, what a fantastic story. And a great baptism for the new little baby. And on the fishing side from that story too, Shady Camp, you know, really starting to sound like it's worth a look now. And as we said in the intro, a couple of those windows starting to open up. Yeah, more from Shane Compain on uh, his trip out there during the week too. And there's a photo on Facebook taken from a drone at the mouth showing, I counted 23 boats in the conga line. Yeah. So it's getting busy, everyone's on it already. Tails from the titty. Sucked in for the sandflies too, Beard. I think it's time you got a mullet up ya. Hey, good day. it's uh, Mick from Darwin. I thought I'd uh, take me young fella out fishing this week. Told mum not going to school tomorrow. Check the tyres, grease the bearings, run the motor. She was good to go. Packed the car up and headed off to Shady. Uh, left home about 3am in the morning. Track was pretty good. Cruising along for about a K from the ramp itself. And I uh, hit a washout. Oh, something's dragging behind the, the car. Righto, get out. Oh, I might have blown a tyre. Lo and behold, the hitch has snapped. I mean, totally snapped. So, this is just on sunrise, so there's a fair few mosquitoes around here at this stage. So, explained to the young fellow that we couldn't go fishing. He didn't really want to borrow it. Just fix it, Dad. We're going fishing. Just sit down. <laughs> just stay in the car for a minute. Dad needs a bit of, bit of thinking time. Last year, I'd Went about three or four times and I was always a bridesmaid. I got spooled, I got snapped the rod, uh, my mates caught meteries and I got donuts. So I thought, well, f- it, I'll get the, get the young fella, we'll get an early run, the water's receded. Yeah, this is all about breaking the shady hoodoo. It's, um, it's been four trips now without a decent fish, so th- this was going to be the, the becoming of, of the meter barra and uh, yeah, again, nothing. After I'd calmed down a bit, walked around the car about 15 times, got the jack out of the car. By this stage, about four or five cars had gone past and no one laughed too hard. They just thought, gee, good luck with that. Unless you had a bit of a welding machine and a bit of 6x50 flat bar, no one could help me. So I jacked her up and uh, turned the base plate of the, of the jockey wheel around as a brace, grabbed the uh, strap off the boat, Use that to strap the now unwelded part of the drawbar to the trailer. And um, this took about three hours, mind you. 
and proceeded to very, very slowly drive back to Darwin. We spent probably a good six and a half, seven hours come back from Shady. 170 k's at walking pace. And the runoff's just started, so plenty of time to break the hoodoo. <laughs> Again? Nothing! Walking around the car 15 times. You can just see that image, can't you? Oh, yeah. Head in hands going, oh, my God, what about... <laughs> the, the drawbar has snapped in half. This is not a job for gaffer tape walk around, or cable ties. Walk around once, grab the cable ties. <laughs> no. Walk around once, grab the fencing white. No. Walk, walk, yeah. Oh, man. One K short of the ramp. The breaking of the hoodoo will happen, Mick. If it not be now, yet it will come. The trailer's in the shop right now, apparently. Have a look at the photos on Facebook if you haven't already, Fishos. That's a hard, hard one to get out of. 170 Ks home. Andy, mm. at walking pace. Seven hours. I wonder if they are trolling. <laughs> you got, how would you occupy that time? You just listen to the skull dragging of metal on metal behind the cruiser, of it dragging along the bitumen. We're running a bit low on, on mullet baits. There were about 14 or 15 crocs. You could walk on the back of them from Charles Point to Melville Island. <laughs> <laughs> Tales from the Tinny. Shane's done the heavy lifting, the tinny mole, Andy, dobbing in uh, Captain Glenn Watt for this uh, disgraceful performance. Mm. Humiliating. Appalling. Choose whatever word you want, fishos. Not good enough is the answer. And I think it incumbent upon us to seek verification. This is Steve Starling's number. Starlow, one of the most well-regarded recreational fishermen. Let's start calling witnesses. Yeah, calling witnesses to the stand. Yep. We tried this last week. It went okay. Starlo here. Yeah, g'day, Starlo. Tim and Andy from Tales from the Tinny. How are you? G'day, fellas. How are you? Hey, you, Starlo. You've been well? Yeah, really well. Really well. Haven't heard from you guys for a while. It has been a long time. We're actually calling this time, to, hoping that you can lay out and verify the facts of a case that's before the tribunal at the moment regarding <laughs> uh, Captain Glenn Watt and a recent fishing trip, Starlo. Oh, dear. It's true, then. (laughs) (laughs) Lay out the the facts for the judge and the jury that is the Church of the Tinny. The mitigating circumstances were that what he was trying to run his fuel in his boat down as low as he possibly could before towing it back to the Territory. You're not the defence here, Starlo. You are the prosecution. No, no, I'm about to drop him in it now. Okay, okay. Running out completely while about 20 kilometres up the Glenelg River in Western Victoria probably wasn't a great plan. We fired up the electric, which had plenty of uh, grunt to begin with, but an hour and a half or an hour and three quarters later, it was it was barely ticking over. You could just about count the the turns of the prop, and we were still several hundred metres from the boat ramp. How long were you on the electric to get back to the boat ramp? I believe about two and a quarter hours all up. We gave him heaps, and I'm glad that you guys have picked up on the story <laughs> and been tipped off about it, because it means we can share it with the whole of the Northern Territory as well as the rest of the country now. We will seek accountability from the man shortly. Thanks for verifying and laying out the facts of the case, Starlo. No worries, I'll be interested to hear the sentence when it's handed <laughs> Good to talk to you. No worries, mate. Tight line. So he's obviously 
lost his territory smarts on the down south trip. That's exactly what's happened. He's got too complacent. Maybe it's because there's no crocs in the water. Maybe you drop your guard because all of a sudden things are a little bit safer. I've noticed this with a few of my friends who've moved south. Do you reckon there's a time window where you lose your territory smarts once you elect to go south? With a couple of my mates who did it, within six months, mate, they would just change blokes. They'd completely lost their territory know-how, completely lost their territory smarts. Yeah, I think and you're I right. had to question whether we, we could still be friends. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, because, you know, you break something down there, you just drive to that next servo that's only half a kilometre away. Look at you. You went south over Christmas and came back a vegan. I did. You came back telling me that tofu sausages were actually pretty tasty. I came back getting excited about catching rats on soft plastics. We went to the coffee shop and Andy tried to order a coffee in an avocado skin. <laughs> Doesn't take long. G'day, I'm Ryan from Hellyfish. Absolutely awesome. Um, straight after the monsoon burst that we had, it's just an inland ocean pretty much. Within a week it's dropped back down but still better than I've ever seen it. But that could be a case of you know, ordinarily not getting out that, that much this time of year. Yeah, last few months with the million dollar fish comp, we've been out getting into it all the time. And does it limit your places to land, this sort of inland ocean? Yeah, sometimes we'll be landing in a little bit of water. Straight after that monsoon burst, yeah, it was very much limited. We had reasonable tides at the time, and on, even on the dead low tide, the creeks were chockers all the way on the floodplains. Tourists must love that, landing in a, in a lake. Some tourists will think a crocodile is going to come out of the water and chase them two kilometres up the beach, so if we've got four or five inches of water where there's no chance of a crocodile, they can be a bit worried, need a bit of convincing. We've been actually getting into a few fish. There's not a stack of bait. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna come, come through with the goods in the end, um, as long as we get another good monsoon burst to keep it there, I think. You've been getting some reasonable fish around Anson Bay? Not stacks. You know, fishing's always gonna seem tough um, in comparison to runoff fishing, and that's what we've got our eye on at the moment, but Considering the time of year, we've been getting into some reasonable fish, seeing some that aren't quite ready to start eating yet as well. So it's looking good. Yeah, you know, as it's dropping, that's when that that's when we're going to get in the fish. But for us, you know, we need punters at the right time as well. Otherwise, we're just going out burning hours off helicopters for our own enjoyment. Could be a worse job. Quit whinging. <laughs> yeah, get, someone's got to do it. Don't <laughs> they? I think you're underselling the facts a bit, though. You can see at ABC Tales and the Tinny on Facebook on one recent trip. The barra are launching out of the water into your arms. Don't want to talk about that too much. You know, it's not that often you run into fishing like that. So, uh, yeah, trying to keep that one a secret, but we'll see how that goes. You can see some great vids on ABC Tales and the Tinny on Facebook from Helifish 2. Classic one we were just chatting about there. Is the barra, I don't know how... They just clap their hands. Here, boy. Here, boy. Come on, boy. Come on, get up. Barra just jumping straight into their hands, straight out of the river. From across the vast expanses of the wild and untamed top end, intrepid tinny correspondents risk rampage and ridicule from crewmates to bring you the truth. Incoming, incoming, incoming. 
Today we're going to be catching up with little Tilly Micus from out at Berry Springs. I hear you've been cleaning up on the goldies out at Dundee. Is this true? Mm-hmm. Goldie. How big was it? This big. This size. It was this size. Okay. Well, that's pretty big. What did Maxie no. catch? Nothing. And what about your mum? Did she catch anything? Sail. She got a sail? A big one? Yeah, but it didn't fit in the fish tank. There was a sail. There was one. Okay. And then there was two more. Then there was a baby one. Okay. Wow, that's cool. And there was another one. Then there was another one. Then there was another one. Then three. One, two, three, four, five, one cycle, that fits our life. Six, seven, eight, nine, and then I let him go. I get why did I let him go? Cause he did my fingers. Um, are we going to fishing today? Um, not today. Tomorrow? Maybe. Oh, You're a good yeah. girl. I'm a good girl already. How's Tilly? Gold, pure gold. She kind of turned there though, didn't she? First, talking mum up about the sailfish, which mum was clearly angling for. Tell them about my, what, what did mummy catch? Yeah. Yeah, it was a huge sailfish, mummy. That's, we call that the teaser. Yeah. But then, see how Tilly turned it round and ended up demanding they go fishing right now? She switched. You are a good girl, Tilly, and you deserve to go fishing again very soon. Hi, I'm Shane Compain from Tucker World Coolalinga. Most people would be pretty happy getting one metery. In fact, I'd say they'd probably be happy getting two. You've just racked up number 50. I have. Number 50 on the weekend. It's taken 14 years, but it finally ticked over. You seem rather sort of calm with the, with the fact. It's been a long time coming, if you know what I mean, so... I kind of got over it a little while ago, but no, it's been one of those things that, you know, very passionate about it. Always target big fish, that's all I'll try. And I'll, I would give up any day 10 90s for one metery. I'll give up 20 90s for one metery. You know what I mean? 90s are a curse, but, you know, meteries there, you know, they don't come around too often. All right, so how did this one come about? Uh, we went to Shady Camp on Monday with me and my good friend. He's actually my good luck charm because every time he comes with me, I seem to get a metery. He hates it because he has to keep netting them. Who is the good luck charm, by uh, the way? Nick Boss. Yeah. Yeah, we headed out first. Oh, actually, it was a late start. We got down to the mouth of Shady Camp at 11 o'clock on Monday. Two hours, we are trolling for. We missed a couple of good ones. We were adjusting through lures, troll speeds. We could see on the sounder they were getting... It was very frustrating because we knew they were there, but they wouldn't chew. We ended up knocking the speed right down to just walking speed and the short rod pulled through with the goods. Big fish, like when it, we netted it and put it in the boat, I was just calling it for a 120, but the whole fight was pretty chaotic because the other line got tangled in it. So when the fish was jumping, there was another lure swinging around in front of its face and then it got to the boat and the other line got tangled around the boat. So this fish is trying to jump while that line's keeping it tight. So everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong, but... The lure stayed in and, yeah, we landed and it was a 115. On the drive out to, to Shady, you know, was it in the, the forefront of your mind, sort of like, I'm on 49, oh, today's yeah. the day? Yeah, oh, yeah, I've been saying it. Well, I got my 49th in October and since then I'm like, I'm like, one more, one more, one more for 50. Nick's going, I just want one, give me one. But, yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, it was a good day. <laughs> so you got it on board. How's the emotion? Pumped, you know, <laughs> as you always are, as you can see in the... When I put the footage up, you'll understand there's a bit of like almost girl screaming happening, some high-pitched stuff that I can't do, it's only in the moment sort of noises. Um, 
nah, it's always awesome. It's one of those moments that you live for. And to get number 50, it's been a long time coming. I know a lot of people, other people have done it before, but, you know, a personal little mountain I've climbed over the years. Obviously, a lot of rain, prospects for the runoff, very good. What's your prognosis? It's looking awesome. Like, the weekend was the first time I've been out uh, since the start of the year, so it's been a good month for me. But the amount of fish that are on the sand or out the mouth of sand pans, unbelievable. Like, we've got the technology nowadays so you can actually see what's bar, what's catfish, what's threadies. And the numbers that I seen on Monday, on that high tide in the afternoon, I was expecting us to catch 50, 60 fish. But they just didn't come on. But the system is so healthy this early in the year and we've got more rain coming. It's going to be another bumper season. Just talking to Simon Boko in the shop there, uh, who also uh, went out to Shady. He said on the sound that they were just looking at it going like, okay, nut, nah, catfish, nut, nah, that's a thready, nut, nah, okay, that's a barra. Oh, no, there's a school of barra. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go over there. Yeah, it, it is like that. Like, you're trolling at the front, you're like, oh, no, that's a school of 500 catfish. And you try and quickly turn around, and you're like, one of the rods all out, you know, straight away it's a big, fat hook catfish. So technology is that good nowadays where you can target schools of barra, schools of thready. Or if you're into those catfish, you can hit them too. <laughs> All right, man. Well, look, congrats on reaching the half ton. I guess you're looking forward to the next half ton now. Cheers. Hopefully it won't be 14 years. It might be 10 this time. <laughs> Tales from the Tinny. G'day, boys, from Tale of the Tinny. My name's Rob and I've got my partner, Michelle. My mate Luke's been getting a few jewfish of late. Little spot he's got off uh, Dyna Beach there, a lump he was shown. After much uh, badgering from my partner, Michelle, we've decided to go out to Dyna Beach Ramp, um, living in Palmerston as we do. Feels like driving out Alice Springs, going into town. Uh, I can warn her the night before of what she could expect, considering her bigger fish today was a 60-centimetre barrel in the daily. At least it's a fish. <laughs> Poked out Sunday morning. My mate pulled up on his bit of a lump, or a bit of a spot, whatever you call it, after he sanded around. Uh, given that he wouldn't give me any um, GPS coordinates, Luke, I uh, dropped the electric and I nosed around. Found a bit of a show on the sounder, baited up the rigs, first drop down, within a minute, bang. This massive big fish got on the end of my rod and I nearly got pulled over the side. I could not believe how much strength these jewfish have. After 30 seconds of unorthodox technique of watching her, High stick Harry cross between a rod between her legs. I, I had to take over, boys. I think it was about 10 minutes later. I said, no, I can do this. And I ended up pulling in the fish myself. And I pulled up a metre and five centimetre barra. I mean, um, jewfish, sorry. Things went a bit quiet after that. Once again, a big shout out to Luke. Uh, you want to talk about leaving bungs out of boats, put on tails of tinny. I can't rate, repay the favour, buddy. See you, lads, from Robin Michelle. And uh, one last thing. Get a melon up, yeah! So, of course, Shane Compain's well-known for his big fish, but uh, I found a bloke straight off a building site and into the car to do an interview who jagged himself a 120 centimetre while fishing solo. Hey, mate, I'm Mitchell from uh, Howard Springs. Been fishing, Mitchell? Oh, I have, mate. I went out over the weekend. And where'd you go? Uh, I went off Dundee, mate. Uh, in the blue water or the brown water? <laughs> That narrows it down. Nah, look, I was at, I was at the Finnis. I was at the Finnis, mate. Went fishing there during the week. Uh, I'd been out there about four times during last week. And uh, decided to go back there on a Saturday. Pushed upstream there for a bit. 
had a bit of a uh, flick around, um, just caught caught some small rats and that, and decided to join the Congo out the front of the mouth there and and got on, got on some, some good fish. So just went out there by myself and my dog Roxy and uh, had a bit of a trawl around and managed to hook up to a 75, a 97, and the fish of the day was the uh, metre 20. I managed to land by myself. Tell us about the mate of 20. So I was trolling, um, and then obviously he rods lost its shit, and uh, and I've had to reel this thing in by myself, and once he jumped out of the water, it really hit home. Like, it, like you know, she's a big fish, so um, lucky for me, I was talking to a few of the few of the boys trolling alongside of me, and they were actually out there on a bucks party, and, um, and they were kind enough to bloody pull up when they saw I was in a bit of strife and one of the blokes uh Luke Luke High actually jumped on board in his jocks because those boys are in in fine form that weekend so um he's he's helped me wind up this shit fight of a buddy me, me other rod was out and uh, that was all tangled up and carried on and he he helped me land he net it and it broke me net and lucky for them the um boys had had some good cameras on them and um I managed to get some good photos because otherwise nobody would have believed me as I dropped me um, the only camera I had in in the water the other week. So you're saying that you you tell people that you're on a boat by yourself with Roxy the dog and a bloke from a bucks party in jocks yeah. with a metre twenty, and they reckon no one will believe you. No, Mate, I, I believe you. That's a fantastic story. Um, is that your first metering? Uh it's not. I actually got on probably about the same time last year with my brother-in-law. Uh, and we were at an undisclosed location, um, and I managed to hook my first metery, which was a 105, and then 20 minutes later, I hooked another metery at 104, back-to-back. Sensational. Well, a metre 20, it's a great effort. Well done to you and to your dog, uh, Roxy, and thanks for chatting with us, mate. No worries. Cheers, guys. And all on 30-pound litre. That's not bad, is it? A 120 on 30-pound litre, uh, just you and your dog, a bloke in jocks, Good times. A big shout out to Luke High, of course, who is the man in the jocks. He's um, the he's Captain Underwear. He is Jock Man, and then Greg Fenwick, um, who's the boat that helped out as well. It's a pretty good effort. That's teamwork. Are we going fishing today? Tales. Tomorrow. From the tinny. I'm a good girl already. Well, the facts as I see them are clear, uh, Andy. But for right of reply, being the national broadcaster, of course, we do need to give the. Fair and balanced objective reporting. Yeah, there's also this thing floating around called procedural fairness and natural justice. <laughs> <laughs> let's throw a bit of that in. Uh, let's try Waddy. Hello, Glenn speaking. Is that Captain Glenn Watt, Barefoot Fishing Safaris? Hello? <laughs> and, and the verdict is guilty. <laughs> oh. oh, guilty as charged, oh. Waddy. Oh. Had a few tins and um, got a bit carried away. Oh my goodness! The reel was just screaming, freaking out a little bit. You're listening to Tales from the Tinny. Get them rolling up, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's about it for the tinny. Thanks very much to Crystal and Aaron Neal, Ryan at Helifish, Alex Julius, Mick and his busted trailer, Rob and Michelle smashing Dewey's and their mate Luke, Timmy and Tilly, Shane Compain, Mitchell Blake with his 120, and the bloke in the jocks and the dog. 
And of course, the whole cast and crew of Watty's Adventures. So the accuser, the witnesses, Steve Starling, of course. Oh, and let's not forget the man himself. Captain Glenn. What? Disgraceful. Get a southern mull away up here, Watty. Catch you next week on Tales from the Tinny. Thank you.